Hey everyone, producer Grant here. This episode of Signals from the Deep is part two of our talk with Everett Fitzhugh. If you haven't heard part one yet, stop here and go listen to the previous episode. Thanks. February 17th, yeah. 2022. Yeah. Tell me about it. JT Brown and I uh, had an opportunity uh, in Winnipeg to uh, to call the first, uh, have the first all-black uh, television broadcast in NHL history. Um, John Forslund had national duty and, you know, huge thanks to him. You know, you know Johnny as well as, as anyone. Like, he doesn't like missing games, right? right. And, and he was very, very kind and gracious enough to to let me keep the seat warm for a night. And, and, and JT and I, we, we hit it off from day one. Like I remember we, we both started kind of around the same time ish, I think. And, you know, him and I had become pretty quick friends. So it was, it was more than just an opportunity to make history. It was a, I was, I was calling a game with my boy. Like that was, <laughs> that was fun, man. I had so much fun calling that game. I learned the different styles between Dave and Jade. I'd only ever worked with Dave and then working with right. JT. So, you know, navigating that was, was awesome, but it was really cool. And I think that trip was even more special because it was myself. It was JT, uh, Zach Peggins, who was on our social team, Marcus Allen, who is, uh, on our production team. And and then uh, Jay Smoove, Jason, who was our old masseuse, all of us black, all of us on the same road trip. And you had five black employees on one NHL road trip like that. That's historic in itself. Like we have a picture of it. I want to frame it. Um, that was really, really cool to be a part of it. Um and, you know, J JT and I, we still talk about it to this day of kind of what that moment meant. And, you know, we'll, we'll revisit it. And I will say, like, radio and TV are, are so different. Like, so, <laughs> my goodness. I, uh, Katie, uh, my, my boss here uh, with the Kraken, she texts me, like, maybe after the first media timeout. She goes, you're doing great, but just remember, you know, you can slow down a bit. You're not on radio. <laughs> so I was like, my bad. And I was like, oh, crap, I'm getting fired already. Uh, no, but, like, it, that, that, was, that, that, that was a challenge in and of itself, mm. right? You know, trying to call a game for television and not for radio. But um, that was awesome. Was Awesome. That was so much fun. And like I said, the historical aspect of it was great. But for me personally, like being able to share a booth with with now one of my good friends. I mean, that how many folks get to say they get to go to work with one of their good friends? And yeah. and I got to do that for a night. And that was fun. And also how many folks get to say that they have a hockey card? Yeah. After them. Upper deck, <laughs> heroic inspiration yeah. line of cards. How was that process? That seemed pretty special. They reached out to me. Uh, there is uh, Jeff Doseth, uh, mm -hmm. who works for Upper Deck. Um, he emailed me. He called me one time, actually, and he was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a lifelong hockey fan, and I'm sitting 
in traffic here in California and my son's in the car. We, we were tuning into Sirius XM. We're watching or we're listening to some games and you popped up and my son was just enthralled. And we loved the way you call a game. So I had to find out more about this guy. Who's another this? fan. Another, What's new? Another fan. What's new? Shocker. Another <laughs> fan. Uh, I'm, I promise I'm humble people. Um, <laughs> so then he's like, I got to find out more about this, this Kraken broadcaster. Mm-hmm. So he finds out about me, finds out that I'm black um, and reaches out to me and he's like, hey, you know, I, I, I want to talk to you about this initiative that we've been doing and we'd love to we'd love to to put you on one of our cards and i i was floored because i grew up collecting cards right like i probably got five thousand cards <laughs> from when i was a kid and i think we all were we all were hitting home runs game seven of the world series in our backyard scoring the overtime winner in our backyard right. in the cup final mm-hmm. we were all doing that as kids and we were all wanting uh to to have our 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 faces on a on a baseball card or a hockey card or a football card mm-hmm. one day so um again going back to when eight-year-old Everett was so happy when the Kraken beat the Avalanche like eight-year-old <laughs> Everett was ecstatic yeah. uh, that that I was able to to get you know to that I was able to to have this opportunity so mm-hmm. um no that was awesome I <laughs> I we've done this whole podcast and I'm just talking about myself which is very uncomfortable like I hate talking about myself you do it well though i, I, uh, I don't know if that's good, good or stuff ba- i don't know if that's good or bad it's very good <laughs> but it's like very good. W- when you have a card you know it's one of those things i'm like man is this like is this like the pinnacle of, of like self-centeredness like am i that much of a you know what no um <laughs> i it was kind of uncomfortable at first just because like i i didn't i didn't like talking about myself it was a huge honor to be able but then you know, like we were just talking about, you talk about the the importance and you realize the importance of of this, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's going to be a kid out there who's going to have this card and who's going to be wanting to get involved in hockey or or in a space that that they may feel like they don't belong. It could be anything. It could be sports. It could be medicine. It could be astrophysics, right? You never know. Yeah. But if if I can if I can help whoever find their place and their value and their worth within whatever sport or whatever space or whatever area that they want to be in. I mean, that's, that's why we're here, right? Mm-hmm. That's ultimately why we're here. So, um, it, it, it took a bit cause I was like, oh man, like, all right, I can, I'll write this thing, but like, I don't like talking about myself. Yeah. I want to be humble and you know, hockey, like hockey culture, right? We're supposed to be humble. We don't brag. We don't, we don't, you know, the, the name on the front's more important than the name on the back. So it took a little bit for me to get, um, comfortable with it but now that it's there i mean it was it's it's such a cool thing to say and to have and like i i've already got like my son's got like six of them in his room i don't know if he's gonna give them to his friends when he's older i don't know but i'll keep a little sleeve for him maybe my mom's got like two thousand of them already well there's (laughs) i countless of them hanging up here around the office yeah Uh, right it's it's you and then Bowie Bowie. next to it i know he's got his he's got his own card i I got you too i gotta find out what the signature count is because i think Bowie. i've got one of each i know we both autograph them here in the office i just want to know what the stats are on the back. Oh, I don't so know what your stat line is my stat line. Who's got the bigger head according to the stat line? Oh, so, uh, prime, prime me. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the actually, my my one my one hockey stat ever in my in my hockey career, my illustrious hockey career. Mm-hmm. They didn't even put on the back of the card. I was I played one men's league game Ooh. back when I was in Bowling Green. Okay. okay, I was using rental skates. 
from the new Love Pro Shop at okay. Bowling Green State University's Falcon Ice <laughs> Arena. And I won seven of nine faceoffs Ooh. in that game. That is my wow. singular hockey stat. Wow. That was also the first time that I'd ever um, put on hockey gear. I've only ever, I only ever put skates on. I never put the pads on, the pants mm-hmm. on, the shells and everything. Yeah. I was like Bambi out there. Like I would go to the, I would, I would like go to one blue line. And by yeah. the time I got to the blue line, the play was already coming back. So I <laughs> turn back and then I stumble my way to the other blue line. Oh, mm-hmm. damn it. Here comes the play again. Let me turn back around. <laughs> like I spent the entire game in the neutral zone until I could crawl off, literally crawl off the ice oh. for a line change. But I was the face off ringer, seven of nine, oh, mark it down. There you Boom. Go. And look, Cross, that's a uh, that's a whole on position. That's pretty good, right there, right? <laughs> to uh, to put a bow on this conversation for now, though the the conversation um, obviously never stops. And as the game continues yeah. to grow, yeah, and become more diverse, um, Tennessee State, oh man, first historically black college or university to have collegiate hockey, yeah, um, not just now but moving forward, yeah. You talk about important steps or landmarks or huge events that happen that hopefully can spur things on in the future. What does seeing something like that happen mean to you? And what does it mean where the game is at right now? You know, I think when you have the buy-in from the Preds, the the Nashville Predators, when you have the buy-in from the NHLPA and you have the buy-in from the league, it it shows the legitimacy that we as a sport, we as a league are – committed and we are are invested in growing the game um tennessee state this is going to this is such an unbelievable uh moment for our sport and for growing the game for a lot of folks who don't know black colleges hbcus historically black colleges and universities these are, this is a lot of folks will say the birthplace of black culture. Like it, it, it is uniquely black. Um, when you go to these campuses, I actually, I applied and, and I got accepted into Hampton, uh, which is an HBCU um, in Virginia beach. Uh, ended up not going there, but uh, it was all, all on my short list of colleges and it, it was such a, a different feel stepping onto that campus and, and being on that campus. And now you're bringing a sport to an HBCU in an opportunity to inject culture into the way that, uh, that, that, that they do the sport, right? That we do our sport. You're now going to be giving so many more kids an opportunity to witness the sport, to, to consume the sport. But also I think you're opening up opportunities for more minorities to play the sport Mm -hmm. because if I'm a, a five-year-old, ten-year-old kid who's just getting into hockey, and and maybe it's fun, but I don't I don't know if there are the avenues there for me. But I'm a black kid, and I see whoa Tennessee State, an HBCU that has a hockey team here. All right, like th- th- this, maybe I want to play for Tennessee State, right? We in, in college hockey, we grew up wanting to play for for Michigan, for for uh, Minnesota, for North Dakota, Boston College. Now you're going to see these kids, Denver. Now you're going to see these kids wanting to go to Tennessee State. They're you're going to want to see these kids and have these kids. I want to play for them mm. because they play for me. 
And, and that is such a cool factor and a cool thing to say. I've already talked to Kyle Boyd, who, who uh, is in charge of our fan development here. Our second game of the season is in Nashville. And I'm like, whatever, whatever I need to do to get on that campus, mm-hmm. like I want to go and talk to somebody. Yeah. I want to go visit. I want to do something because that is, that is, I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that an HBCU program would, would have a hockey team. And, and I am now, Tennessee State is now my second favorite college hockey team in the country behind the illustrious Bowling Green State University. And then it's Tennessee State. But, like, I, I, kudos to them. Kudos to the league. Kudos to everybody involved with this process. Um, it, it's it's going to be unbelievable. Um, I hope, I think they're going to be club for a couple years and they'll move up to varsity. I think I heard 28, 29-ish around there when they when they make the jump to varsity. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm hoping, you know, maybe, maybe Climate Pledge Arena, the Kraken will host a college hockey tournament one of these years. And I pray they're in it. Like, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, perfectly put. That's, that's great. And with that being said, um, and a very important conversation. So I really appreciate your uh, meaningful thoughts on that. Um, Grant, do we have like we, a listener question? We have a listener question. Oh my God, this is huge. We've been, we've been putting out the call for a while. This is I've huge. Been, <laughs> I've been keeping, uh, you know, I've been keeping track of yeah, them. Yeah. And I got one that I think um, is, is pretty good. I've been waiting for a while to ask this one okay. for kind of a good guest mm-hmm. here. And since we got two family men sitting here, I think it's a good, uh, a good it. one. Uh, so this one comes from Noah Davis. He is from hey, Seattle by way of Boston. Love uh, it. First oh, clam tata. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I used to live there, so yeah. I, I got plenty of clam tata. <laughs> back in the day. Park this car and have it yet. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to call your mother. Call your Tell mother. you to grab his sneakers. <laughs> yeah. Apologies for you all our You think he ever lost uh, his khakis and his khakis? He loses khakis and his khakis? Yeah, we'll take it out. No, it's fine. We'll edit this in post. We'll fix it in post. Exactly. Um, first off, love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Um, and I'm going to paraphrase. He's got, he's got quite a bit here, but I think mm. I can pare it down. Good here. So, yeah. um, you know, when you, when y'all go home mm. and uh, you're sitting at the dinner table, are you talking hockey? Are you trying to, are you trying to see, you know, what your, what your family has to say about the game? I mean, it's a little different for you yeah. considering most of your family works for this organization, <laughs> uh, Nick. I yeah. mean, so it may be a little more contentious in your household. <laughs> yeah. But when you go home, I yeah. mean, and Shelly's been with you for this this very long yeah. uh, this very long journey. Do you talk shop when you go home? Does she not like to talk about hockey, or or how does that work when you guys are at the dinner table? You know, we don't talk a whole lot of hockey at home. Mm-hmm. It'll be a lot of you know. She'll listen before Wes came along. She would listen to most of the games, just kind of have it on in the background. You know, it's sure. not like she was a diehard, you know, listener. But you know, she yeah, I heard you messed up that word. Oh. I remember. Oh yeah, no, she yeah she keeps looking your, for ammunition. She she keeps your boy humble. She <laughs> she is the sweetest, most supportive person I've ever met in my entire life. But you know, we, we're a good couple. She keeps your boy humble. That's for sure. I love that. Um, but no, when we go home, honestly, man, especially now that Wes is here, it is all about what I missed. You know what I mean? Like I, we go on the road for two weeks, you know, we, we won seven in a row on that epic road trip, right? That right. was, that was some of the most fun I've ever had professionally. Um, but I, I missed Wes crawling. 
I missed Wes eating solid food for the first time, right? Like a lot of that stuff you kind of miss. So we talked about it. You know, oh, it was great for the organization. I was like, man, you know what, that Boston. After that Boston win, I'm, I, I, I was like, this is a playoff team. Like, and I told her that we talked about it. But honestly, you know, when I come home, you know, I, I don't bring, I don't bring work home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because. There, there, there's, I'm never upset. I'm never ticked off because sure. I, I there's a lot worse things I could be doing right now than calling NHL games at 34 years old, right? Mm-hmm. I have no reason to be ticked off when I come home. But now when I come home, it's it's family. It's hugging my kid. It's we're we're playing. You know, I I unboxed his uh, mini stick set here over the nice. summer. So yeah, we're nice. we're uh, Is he righty or lefty? He uh, he will be a right shot defenseman, nice. or a left handed pitcher. That's the I best. Will. That's the best route to either oh, league. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah. Plus, uh, also, real talk, left-handed pitchers on average throughout a career make 5 to $15 million more. So, Good my son will be a right-shot defenseman, uh, Ron Francis, if you're listening, NHL Draft <laughs> Class 2039, I believe. Love that. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I All believe. Right. But, yeah, so that is, um, that's what, 2040, I think. But, yeah, that's what we do. I mean, we, we come home, we, we talk family, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you're going to have a little bit more complicated answer to this question. Yeah, you know, I think the best way for me to answer this is probably just to kind of revisit my life growing up um, Mm -hmm. playing youth hockey in Chicago. Sure. Um, And being fortunate enough to have um, my dad around um, when he wasn't working, which obviously, you know, broadcasting games, both for the Blackhawks at that time and nationally for NBC. So he wasn't home a lot, but when he was, would always go out of his way, um, you know, to take me to practice and to come to games and to help coach the team. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandpa, my dad's dad lived in Chicago about 15 minutes away from us. So he was always around too to take me to practice. And we'd always stop at McDonald's and grab a number nine with a root beer. On the way home, which was, ten, which, which was 10 nuggets, by the way, back yeah. in the day. Oh, yeah. I think it's changed. I think the number has changed. But um, I think any time uh, the old Czech family gets together, um, hockey comes up somehow. Sure. Just it's, it's, it's in our blood. It's given us everything that we have and then some. Um, and so it's almost like I, I don't know if we've ever had one dinner go by where there hasn't been something hockey related hmm. that's come up, even if it's. You know, mom and sister and grandma talking about one thing, and then it's kind of my dad, me, grandpa, and my brother kind of on one other end, like mm-hmm. uh, kind of hush talking and you know right. talking about the trade that just went down or, or the you know the game that their upcoming travel schedule or things like that. Right. It's just right. such a so ingrained in all of us. Uh, but there are, I think, as Everett said, there are those times where you just need to kind of just like anybody's line yeah. of work, right? When you have a tough day at work, a long day at work. It's nice to just go home and just talk about anything other than work. But um, I think when I look back and even now uh, when my dad comes into town or, you know, when I'm back home or on the phone, hockey just, it just comes up. Yeah. Even if it's not meant to. So, um, yeah, I think it's just kind of, kind of part of us and and our family. And it's funny you say that, you know, you talk about um, how it always comes up, but it's, it's funny for me growing up such a huge hockey fan mm-hmm. and I, you know, I wouldn't miss a game. I was a season ticket holder back in, in Colorado, but people ask me, it was like, Oh, you're, well, you're probably watching a lot more hockey now that you work for a team. It's actually kind of the opposite because <laughs> I'm now trying to find little moments like when the team's on the road right. or, 
you know, maybe, you know, we didn't make it as far in the playoffs as we'd mm-hmm. hoped, you mm-hmm. know, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I can take a couple of weeks off where I can, you know, watch some of those shows I haven't been able to watch. Right. Or me and my wife can go see a movie or something like mm-hmm. that. So um, it's it's nice to hear that I'm not the only one yeah. that feels like, yeah, eh, maybe it's time for a break. Yeah. I'm a sucker for playoff hockey, though. Like, I, yeah. I, I will say I don't like watching the team that beat us. I don't like. I did not watch yep. a second of that Vegas Dallas series. No, no. Didn't watch any of it. Um, no interest. No interest. I did not. Um, and honestly, I mean, pick your poison, right? <laughs> the, the, the lesser of two evils, right? Like <laughs> yeah. uh, LA or uh, Vegas and uh, in Dallas. But no, I, I I do watch most of the playoffs, and like my my wife, she will again lovingly and support. Uh, support me and sit there and watch the playoffs with me. And yeah, that's, that, that's I, I think I've turned her in, in the five years that we've been together. I think I've, I've, she's always been kind of a casual hockey fan. Grew mm-hmm. up, she grew up in Jersey, went to a bunch of devil's games, lived in um, Boston for about five years. So she's, oh. I think she's more of a Bruins fan. She kind of fancies over Bruins fans. So she went to a handful of games in the garden. Um, but like I've turned her into a little more of a hockey fan yeah. uh, just in, in our, in our time together. So we, she can talk shop. She, you know, she, she'll text me sometimes and then she'll be like, man, McDavid did it again. I'm like, okay. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Doing some of your homework yeah. for you. See? I was like, well, uh, what did big David do? Let me pull out my pen real quick. Sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But that's yeah. a great question. That is a, that that's is awesome. a great question. Like, you know so, so please Noah and everybody else keep them coming. Grant at the end of the episode, we'll, We'll fill you in on how to uh, on how to send all the those, details on yeah. how to send those to us. Uh, Everett, this has been awesome. But yeah. before we finish up, I do got a couple questions yeah. for you um, about the team. Yeah, about last season. Uh, I want to start in Coachella Valley. Yes. What a run! Oh my goodness! I mean, what a run! What yeah. are your, what are your thoughts? Incredible run all the way to the finals within a couple minutes of winning it. Yeah. Um, what do you think? And and kind of what was your uh, thoughts on the uh, on the tremendous season and run that the Coachella Valley Firebirds had? I thought it was great. Uh, one of my good friends in this business, Evan Pivnik, mm-hmm. uh, is the the voice down there and um, great guy, a great guy, yeah. another former Falcon That's from true. Bowling Green State are, University. They're like we're everywhere, infesting. We are, in all these. I love it though. But head, head coach is, Dan Bilesma, former Bowling Green oh Falcon. Let's go. Jeez. <laughs> Um, we're going to rename ourselves the Seattle Falcons. <laughs> Coachella Valley uh, the Coachella, Falcons. Yeah, yeah. We're not, uh, disclaimer, we're not. Okay, no, don't, no, don't, no. don't clip that soundbite. No. I don't want to be on ESPN. Um, no, I, I thought they had a great year down there. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, too, man, an inaugural season, as we know here in Seattle, it's kind of a crapshoot, right? It, it can go a lot of different ways. Um, but the way that, that they were able to build the team down there, you have a Stanley Cup winning coach in, in Dan Bilesma who keeps things so fun um, and engaging. You've got players down there who wanted to be in Coachella Valley. Now, obviously, there's a lot of worse places you can play in the American League than Coachella Valley. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not an idiot, but you know, when you, when you have the mix of young players of vets down there i think you know the kraken coming into the season didn't have a whole lot of draft uh selections in the cupboard you know you're still trying to build that organization so you never Mm -hmm. know what are you going to get from your from your minor league system and i and i think this year was the 
best possible outcome, obviously. You were in overtime of the very last game in the hockey world. I mean, uh, but to see the work that that Atai Cartier did this year, and, and, and not only was he rookie of the year, but he comes up and um, was able to, to score in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? Like, that was awesome. You see the steps that Riker Evans made down in Coachella Valley. Stud. Stud down there in Coachella Valley. Joey Decord. I mean, I, I think, I don't want to say that he's had a resurgence of his career because Joey Decord has been has been a steady goaltender his entire pro career. But now you're seeing him as, you know, is it going to be him or is it going to be Drieger backing up full-time here mm-hmm. in Seattle this season? So, you know, the, the work that he did down there, I, I think from, from the players to the organization, I mean, it's very, very fortunate that you have OVG, the, the same parent company running both buildings, both teams, and it, it's 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 a very uh, in-step, in-sync process, so it makes it real easy to have that type of success uh, in your American League affiliate, but the, the year that they had was great, but like Seattle, I mean, the target's on your back now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you you have success once. It's like... Not I mean, sneaking up on anybody. You're not now. sneaking up on anybody. You, yeah. you have one place, there's only one more place you can go from here, right? <laughs> like, the pressure, uh, the pressure is on uh, for Coachella, but man, you, you could not have asked for a better see the fans down there. You know, I found this out. They've never, Coachella Valley, Palm Desert, Palm Springs, that area, they've never had pro sports. Like that they are the they are the first professional sports team ever in that region. And they were 10 seconds away, right? Yeah. They were a bad bounce away from winning a championship right. in their first year. And 10,000 strong every game. Every game. I mean, just every sold out. You couldn't fit another sardine yep. in the in the arena there. By the way, the signs, I don't know if you guys watched any of the games. Uh, I, I watched a handful of them. The signs that those fans brought, oh, my Lanta, those were hilarious. I found myself, like, obviously I tuned into the game because I wanted to see how the team was due, mm-hmm. but, like, that was some of the best... Uh, best signage. Best signage, best TV yeah. were the signs and the creativity from the fans down there yeah, in CV. That's awesome. When you think about... Uh, actually, before I even get to delve into the next question, I love the point that you made about kind of having that synchronicity between yeah. American League team and NHL team. I think even most importantly for the point of view of the player. Absolutely. Right? Where it's not like you're playing one way in Coachella Valley, and then if you get called up, you're playing a completely different for way, sure. right? To kind of have that uh, that same style, both no matter where you're playing, is only going to help players when they come up mm-hmm. or when they get sent down. That's a... Uh, it's a great point. Well, and they're, and they're, they're real quick. There are three teams in the ECHL mm-hmm. where you and I came from that do this very, very well. Mm-hmm. It's it's the Capitals, it's the Bears, and it's South Carolina. Those three teams, NHL, AHL, ECHL, mm-hmm. they line up pretty good. Spencer Carberry was the longtime coach of the uh, Stingrays in South Carolina. He's now the head coach of the Capitals. Mm-hmm. The Penguins do a phenomenal job with this, with Pittsburgh, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and then Wheeling. And then also the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. You work for the Indy Fuel. Yep. Obviously, Rockford right down the road and then Chicago. So those three organizations, if you want a, a good blueprint, if you're, tr- if you're getting into this and you're trying to figure out how affiliates work and, and things like that, those are three organizations I think you can take a look at Washington Pittsburgh and Chicago and and just how their affiliations are structured how they're set up and how they they promote and develop literally from the bottom up Mm -hmm. that's that's the key yeah develop develop right yeah ECHL AHL American Hockey League 
you're trying to develop players and make sure that should they get the opportunity yeah. in the NHL, that they're the most prepared as possible. Those teams do it great, and we've seen it with some players that have come up to play for the Kraken and yeah. will next year. Yeah, how well that they've been developed in Coachella Valley um, and in other places that uh, that they've played. How about off season? Additions, yeah, off-season subtractions. Guys that are now with the team: Brian Dumoulin, mm-hmm. Connor Carrick, Kyler Yamamoto, Pierre Edouard Belmar, to name a few, and some players that are no longer with the Kraken that were that played uh, last year: Morgan Geeky, Carson Soucy, Ryan Donato, Daniel Sprong. As the roster kind of fills out, and yeah. we're going to see it in camp. Um, how about of the players that I name that are going to be new? Yeah. Maybe a guy or two that you're excited or think can really excel in the role that they're going to play in. Um, and look, you never want to see some of these fan favorites leave. For sure. But hey, that's part of the business in the salary cap era. You're never going to be able to have the same team year after year. So how about your kind of thoughts on the roster as a whole yeah. going into the next season? I think of, of the new guys coming in, the name that really intrigues me the most is Brian Dumoulin. I mean, I think you, you know, I, I you upgrade on Susie a little bit. And again, not saying that Susie was a bad player, right? Susie, he earned every bit of that deal up in Vancouver, but you bring in a little more veteran, a little more experienced version, a little bit bigger. And oh, by the way, he has spent the last how many years playing with Chris Letang, mm-hmm. who's probably going to go into the Hall of Fame. He's got mm-hmm. a couple of cups mm-hmm. in two Pittsburgh, cups, yep. two cups in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. along with Justin Schultz. Uh, so you now have two more cups on your roster. You have a player who has played with some of the best that we've seen in our generation with uh, with Malkin, with Crosby, with Latang. I mean, that three-headed monster has been together in Pittsburgh for, what, 16 years now, 15 years, something like that. So you have a guy that can bring that experience there. I love the addition of Belmar because you bring in some grit on that third and fourth line. Coming in the last season, Dave Tomlinson said that the number one uh, need for the Kraken was a right shot power play quarterback defenseman. Uh, you go in and get that with Justin Schultz. I said you needed some more grit and sandpaper. Now you bring that in with Belmar and also he can win faceoffs. Yeah. And that is, I listen, I, I, I we're, we're a team sponsored podcast here. I get that. But fact of the matter is faceoffs a lot of times cost the Kraken goals, cost the Kraken games. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what role they put him in in terms of a special teams role, in terms of how much ice time he gets. We'll see. Uh, but he can win faceoffs for you. I, I love that addition. And then also, too, a guy that, I mean, Kaylor Yamamoto, he is a player that he he's had so much pressure put on him in, in that that bubble that is Edmonton, right? You were put in one of the most volatile hockey markets that has not won a cup in how long. They went to the final back in 06. You're playing with McDavid. You're playing with Drysaddle. You know, there's a lot of pressure. And sometimes for a guy like that, change of scenery can be great. And I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he can do here back in his home state from Spokane, played for Spokane in the Western League uh, uh, when he was junior. And I remember when we played the Oilers um, in Everett, 
the the opening preseason. His whole family was there. There were a bunch of Yamamoto jerseys, and I thought that was so cool to see. That's so awesome. uh, the first ever Washington native mm-hmm. to play uh, for the Kraken. So I've always been a fan of his, and I'm excited to see you know how his game develops and, and what he does. Um, fan favorite, fan before favorite he even before puts he even on got, the jersey, exactly 100. Yeah. percent So yeah. and as far as the guys leaving, look, everyone that the Kraken lost this season this offseason, they brought so much. They were so pivotal um, in this organization's success. And I think for a Carson Soucy, for a Morgan Geeky, and for a Ryan Donato, they were here since day one. They Mm -hmm. helped lay the foundation of last season's playoff run. They helped lay the foundation for the culture that that we have here as an organization. So, you know, I, I'm so happy for a guy like Geeky finally getting getting a payday in Boston. Carson Soucy's got twins on the way, getting a payday and a full no move in Vancouver. That's got to be great uh, for family. Um, Daniel Sprong, I'm going to miss saying his name every other night. Like that can was... We, can, we, can we please, for the record, <laughs> get one last call? Ding dong, please. Ding dong, Daniel Sprung. I'm I'm gonna miss that. Can Every- we put that on loop a few times, please? Uh, I'm gonna. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Anyway. I'm gonna miss it. I'm I'm gonna miss it. But you know those, and I think Sprong. Listen, you averaged what twelve and a half minutes of ice time, and you score mm-hmm. forty six points. That's not an accident. You don't you don't do that by accident, right? So, yeah. the the you're right. A lot of fan favorites. A lot of great personalities. Ryan Donato, Morgan Geeky, um, two of the nicest, most genuine people I've ever met in my entire life. Carson Soucy, always up for a conversation. Daniel Sprong and I. I remember one time they. Had to, we were almost late for the bus because him and I were just sitting, uh, chit chatting at the lock at his locker on the road. You know what I mean? Awesome guys, but like you said, it's the business, and you hate to see players go. Um, you know, but it's if it's for the betterment of your hockey team, I mean, you have to make those moves. And listen, if you're a Kraken fan, you you like the moves that are that were made. The course here, right? You've got that core intact. And this offseason reminds me a little bit of last offseason, right? There weren't a lot of massive moves made last season, but what happened? You get Brandon Tanev back. You get Jaden Schwartz back full-time. You bring in Ellie Tolwin and off waivers. This summer, you're going to get Andre Burakovsky back. That's going to be a player that you didn't have for the last 30 games of the season mm-hmm. and then into the playoffs, right? So Burakovsky is, I mean, he's not a free agency signing, but he's essentially, you're getting mm-hmm. him back full-time. Right. So you're adding another two-time cup winner back to your lineup full-time uh, in the offseason in Andre Burakovsky. So they were minor moves, but I think those minor moves, quote-unquote, are going to pay big dividends later on in the season. You speak of getting a payday. Yeah. And of someone who got a payday, perhaps the most deserved yeah. payday. Vinny D. Vinny D. Yeah. Vince Dunn. Four-year extension. Oof. What do you think of his year last year, and and what steps in his game, both offensively and defensively, yeah. as a defenseman, can he and do you see him taking next year? Now that he got a heck of a uh, heck of a pay raise. Well, listen, uh, uh, when you get paid, you, you need to you need to earn it. You need to show that you're worth it, right? And I think Vince Dunn 
having played with Adam Larson for for all of last year. They tried that out a bit in the first season, but that was the that was the hands down unquestioned number one pair for the Kraken uh, this past season. And depending on who you talk to, Dunn Larson probably a top ten, top fifteen pair in the NHL mm-hmm. on a lot of teams, right? Uh, like you know they would be the number one pair maybe on half the league um if if i had to guess i think vince dunn took huge steps last year defensively uh, i mean that plus minus was was otherworldly at 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 one point right and i think in larson because he's so res, uh, responsible defensively, it allows Vince Dunn a little bit more offensive freedom. But we didn't see the mistakes from Vince Dunn this year. He wasn't caught out of position a lot of times this season. Um, and I think, you know, he even said it a couple of times. He, you could tell he was having fun mm-hmm. playing hockey this year. And I think that is so crucial and so important. We forget, you know, yeah, these guys are making four, five, six million dollars. But at the end of the day, you want to have fun coming to work and you want to enjoy what you're doing. It's easy for us to, to scoff and be like, well, if I was getting paid six million bucks, I'd be having fun too. Like, yeah, I get it. But <laughs> you don't know, you don't know what folks are, or, you know, what's going on. But with Vince Dunn, it was, it was refreshing to see his performance. And I think for him, the term is great. I think the term is great for the team. The deal's great for him. The money's great for him. And also, too, that four-year contract allows, if he outperforms it, I mean, that's that's maybe another three-year deal yep. down the road. And, and you know, it'd, it'd be great to see him finish his career here in a Kraken sweater. But I think Vince Dunn proved that he was worth it. We saw a little bit of a dip in the playoffs, but for what he did in the regular season, that is where he earned that contract, I think. And and for him, the challenge, as is the case with anybody who gets a big payday, can you continue? Can you keep it up? Because as, as we're going to see with this team, the Kraken aren't going to be catching anyone off guard mm-hmm. this year. The Kraken are not going to be getting the backup goalies every other night anymore, right? You're going to be getting each team's best every night. And, you know, Dave Tomlinson and I will talk about this on the air and even off the air. It's sometimes as, as the team would go through January and February, you still felt that the teams, the Kraken were playing were still maybe taking Seattle for granted a bit. They were playing maybe at 80%, not giving the full. And again, it's all speculation, mm-hmm. right? We're not sitting here saying that teams aren't trying. Of course they're trying, but now that this team beat the defending cup champion, they were 10 seconds away from overtime. Eberle sticks an inch and a half off the ice. That puck's in the back of the net. We're still playing, right? I, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a more difficult year. The Kraken aren't going to sneak up on anybody, but I think their style, the way that they play and Vince Dunn's a huge part of that. I think that will continue to lead to success for the team. And there were two parts of, of Dunner's game to me that I thought allowed him to be as good as he was last year, right? The points speak for themselves. Yeah. Highest point producing defenseman that the Kraken had last season. But it was, as you said, Everett, the defensive side, realizing that you don't have to jump into the play maybe as much as he did the year prior. And two, I think is the consistency just of, of the of the effort. I don't think he didn't lack effort no. the year prior. But just knowing of if you're going to be a top pairing defenseman in this league, you got to bring in each and every night, knowing yeah. that you're going to be going up against the other team's best players. And so he's the type of guy that I'm sure he's out there working out right now. Yeah. I'm sure he's on set 20, 
rep 8,000 <laughs> of bench press. Um, and I know, I think I envision him being the type of guy that's going to come into the year hungry, trying to prove again why he got the payday, so yeah. on and so forth. But a great year for him last year. And without question, that pairing of him and Lars, who I will also say, I know Dunner's more the offensive guy, Larson's more the defensive guy, but, but, Adam's got some offense in he's, his game. He's there. He scored it's a couple of beauties there. last oh, yeah. year. He scored a couple of beauties, but yep. I just love the read and the react, yep. the predictability that those two guys have um, and, and played a huge role last year and are going to again this year. And they're they're not only, I mean, they, they, they're close on this team, right? Not only are they partners defensively, but they 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 share locker stalls mm-hmm. on the road. They're, they're going to dinner together. They're going out to eat together. I think they, they lean on one another in their personal lives off the ice, and I think that helps um, their relationship on the ice as well. And, you know, you talk about Vince Dunn, you know, he was challenged last year, and Good players, great players respond to challenges. And I think he responded very well to the challenge that the coaching staff, that Ron Francis laid out at the beginning of the year. You want to be paid in this league? You want to be a top D in this league? Well, here's what you're going to have to do. He went out there and did it. Now he gets paid. And, and, you know, he's going to have to continue that this season and beyond. Yeah, great year for him last year. And I know for a fact he's going to. Bring it again Absolutely. next year uh, from the back end. Two more things quickly. Uh, Everett, how do you see the backup goalie tandem Oof. Um, playing out, right? Ruby's yep. going to be the guy going in. Yep. Dreek's coming back off the injury. You got Joey Decord in the mix, obviously signing a two-year deal as well. Yep. I would assume Camp is going to p- probably solve who gets the who yeah. gets the backup position. I mean, this, this isn't the coast where you can – Carry three goalies for a week in the regular season and see, you know, maybe one rises and one falls. But, you know, you got to feel for Chris Drieger a little bit because I remember coming into the inaugural season, Grubauer and Drieger, fresh off the year that he had in Florida, they were the number two, number three ranked preseason tandem in the athletic coming into the year. There's a lot of, 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 of high hopes for those two. And through various injuries, through COVID, of course, Drieger gets hurt in the gold medal game of the World Championships last year for Team Canada. You know, never really were able to get that one-two Grubauer-Drieger tandem. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, the backup goalie position for me, that's going to be... Uh, I think the most intriguing and maybe even the most important battle because Martin Jones, uh, you don't win 25 games, 24 or five games by mistake, right? Without Martin Jones, I don't think this Kraken team is in the playoff spot, right? So what he did coming in for Philip Grubauer when he was out, what, two months, month and a half, two months, um, when he came in, uh, to, to hold the fort down for Seattle, you saw what you, you know, that is exactly what you expect out of your backup goaltender, your number two goaltender, right? But we're also in a league now where there are very few bona fide number ones and bona fide number twos. There's a 1A and a 1B. Your 1A is going to get 50 games, 45 games a year, and then your number two is going to get the rest, right? Gone are the days where guys are getting 60 and 70 games a season. It's just the way the league is going. So now you need to see, well, can Joey Decord handle potentially 40 games as a starter in the NHL? Uh, Can Chris Drieger get back to the form coming off of a major injury? Can he get back to the form that we saw in Florida? All of those questions are going to have to be answered. We know that Grubauer is going to be the number one coming into the season. And I think 
in preseason, and this is this is I don't know what's going to happen, but do you give Grubauer just one game? You know what you're going to get with him, right? Or do you give Grubauer a game and a period here or there? But for the most part, it's going to be the Drieger and Decord show in the preseason to figure out who takes that number two spot over. Um, and listen, we've said it before, we've said it again. Nobody wants to be in the AHL. You want to be playing games in the NHL, but you're gonna the 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 one the number three in that position is going to be going back to a team that was in overtime of Game Seven, a team that is also going to perform very very well, and, and you have high hopes and expectations for them also. So you're still going to be a part of something special. We said it also. There's a lot worse places you can be than Palm <laughs> Desert, California. So <laughs> flip flops to the rink. Yeah, for exactly. practice. You're wearing flip flops to the rink and Hawaiian shirts. I, yeah. I get it, but yeah. but no, you want to be in the NHL. Every, yeah. Both those players will tell you that they are the number two goalie, the backup goalie on this team. And, and the, but they're going to go in with a number one mindset, right? Yeah. You don't want to go in with a number two mindset. You're going to go. With, you're going to go in with that number one mindset. But I th- that is the that's the one battle. I'm going to be watching the goalies in practice, like. Mm-hmm. Every practice, every time on the ice, you know, what's going to be the edge to push Drieger over Decord or Decord over Drieger? What's going to be that one X factor that gets one of them a ticket to Vegas opening night? And the three thoughts I have on those quickly, Gruby building off of yeah. what was especially come the playoff time for him last year was just outstanding he solidified for me you yeah. know there were some questions going in you know is grubauer the grubauer that the kraken signed what's go-? he solidified there is n- he flushed all of the noise he got yeah. rid of he exercised all the proverbial demons mm-hmm. with his performance there's no question uh, that he is the number one guy yeah. on this team yeah Heck of an end yeah. for him last year and going into next year should have all the confidence in the world. And Driggs, another guy who I've been in touch with a little bit, working his butt off yeah. right now. I mean, he's he's been skating, you know, and, and since he's been back from his injury, the rehab is as about as intense as you could possibly be after shredding your ACL like he did in the World Championships last summer. So know that he's going to come into camp poised and ready to go to, to take that spot. And Joey Decord, what a run with him, right? With Coachella Valley, a phenomenal season for him too. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, how the goaltending position pans out. Last but not least, Everett, yeah. in one word, Woo. what is the expectation playoffs. for next year playoffs. for the Seattle Kraken? Playoffs, are the, I mean, the, 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 for me, the floor are the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You cannot go back. I mean, that that is your low bar. You have to make the playoffs this season. I mean, if you want to climb the ladder a bit, you, you wanna you wanna finish top three. You wanna challenge for a banner in division. Um, you uh, you're not gonna take teams by surprise again. Um, I, I would I would like to think that a playoff series win, a trip to the second round. I think that is your. That's your goal, and then everything after that is just gravy. Um, you're still in your third season. You're mm-hmm. still a, a new team. You you have the identity, but let's face it. You know you're not playing with an Edmonton Oilers history. You're not playing with a Kings history who have not won a playoff series since they won the Cup ten years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So the the pressure the pressure is still not as high um, as as in other other markets and in other areas but y- you can't be sitting here on April 
15th in a in a do or die, you know, win or go home game in your last day of the regular season. I think mm-hmm. you need to get into the playoffs. That's your floor. That is your bare minimum. You win a playoff series, and then after that, then I think everything else is gravy. And now next season, you've got a few more contracts up coming off the books. The salary cap increases a bit. So now we're going to be talking about bigger free agents. Now in year four, we're talking, okay, this maybe is a Western Conference Finals team. This Mm -hmm. maybe is a team that should be one, two in the division rather than three, four division wild card, right? But I think this year, getting into the playoffs, winning a round, and then everything after that is is icing. It's safe to say Hockey Operations has done just about everything they can do at this point to 100%. put this team in the best position. Yeah. To succeed, and also I don't, I, and I, I don't, I don't want this to come off as as settling, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, your goal is to win the Stanley Cup every single season, mm-hmm. right? But if we're looking at, you know, what should be the bare minimum versus what would you consider for this team a great season? Mm-hmm. That's that's what I mean by floor playoffs, gravy, yeah. second round and beyond. Right, Everett fits you. I would, I would be remiss though. I'm going to step in here for just a second. Come on in, Grant. We have not talked about the Winter Classic, which is now Mm. against the defending cup champions. Uh, You know what, man? Listen, I got (sighs) to... Does that change anything for the significance of that game? It irks me so much because... So in the initial... I don't know if I can say this. I'm going to say it anyway. In the initial first draft of our schedule, our opener was in Nashville. They added the first game against Vegas in the second draft. So now we're in Vegas watching them raise that banner. And then we have to come back and play them at T-Mobile at the biggest event in the NHL of the season. And then I think, uh, if I remember correctly, the Kraken play Vegas like once or twice in the last six weeks of the season. Like... Man, I'm so. If only we had the video version of this podcast because Everett's turning red so right now. Fired up, steam coming out of the headphones. Of headphones. Like yeah. we, like these Vegas games are so exciting, and I know that everybody thinks that Vancouver's it's Vegas. Vancouver will be the rival down the road, mm-hmm. but there is one team in the NHL that I want to beat every single time, and that's Vegas. I cannot wait for the Winter Classic. I can't wait to see the jerseys when they come out. I, I've I've grown up watching the Winter Classic. You worked the, you were in Fenway oh, this yeah. year, working the Winter Yeah, yeah. you little smug <laughs> smile over there. You were in Fenway working the Winter Classic between yeah. the Bruins and the Penguins this year. under the radar. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to working my first Winter Classic. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. But man, I I, I already I, I went to my suit guy and I was like, hey, I got yeah, I got a suit guy. Shout out Dan downtown Nordstrom's. Um, I got I, I told him I said we got Nordstrom the, Nordstrom. Oh, oh yeah, they're paying oh, yeah. you good here. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, Let's get no, some uh, no, podcast sponsorship no, 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 going. My, uh, my 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 wife uh, made her. Uh, she was always in luxury retail, so my wife knows what Ooh, to look for. Nice. Yeah, she knows she knows how to dress a guy. Mm-hmm. So she. Uh, 
you know, it, it sounds pricey, but she she knows where the holes are and okay. where the deals are. So don't worry. Like, I like I'm, it. I'm, I, you, know, you, you can look real good for not a lot of money. But I like uh, it. My, my man Dan that endorses. But uh, but no, I Vegas man, that's going to be so much fun. That's like fans. If you grew up watching the Winter Classic, you you do not understand what an awesome event that's going to be yeah. uh, at T-Mobile. It's a noon game. Very happy about that. Like mm-hmm. I. I, I I, I could have been okay with a five o'clock game, but like a noon game at just middle of the day, love it right before all the football games kick off. Like oh, yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun. So, um, yeah. but yeah, it's against Vegas. It makes it that much more just. <laughs> what was that? What was that? Yeah. Just, I did. Yeah, man. I got a lot of <laughs> things I got to put on repeat here. Uh, that's awesome. Grant, anything else? That's it for me. Great job by you today. Everett fits you, Thanks, man. man. You are, and I mean this, inspirational. Thank you. You are exciting, entertaining, knowledgeable, and well-intentioned. Thank you. Um, we're lucky to have you. Um, the city's lucky to have you, and the hockey world is very fortunate to have you as well. So thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule. We know thanks, you got a man. lot going on, but this was a blast. We've uh, known each other from the USHL yeah. to the... ECHL, yeah, and now in the NHL, every stop of the way, you've been the same person, and that is as big of a compliment as anybody could get. So, thank um, you. Keep up the great work, buddy. Means a lot, man. I appreciate it, fellas. Thanks so much, guys. This was a lot of fun. All right, we'll have you back on soon. I hope so. All right. Signals from the Deep is the official podcast of the Seattle Kraken, hosted by Nick Olchek and produced by me, Grant Beery. Have a question for Nick? Leave a voicemail on the Signals from the Deep hotline at two zero six two seven nine. 7810 or send an email to signals at seattlecracken.com. Your question could be featured on an upcoming episode.